Hey guys, welcome back to the Namaste podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul, discovering connections between spirituality, mindset, and wealth. If you are new here, welcome. My name is Melissa Malati, and I am very excited to bring you the next episode in this mini series called The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. So far, I think they have been quite successful. I certainly have been enjoying them, and we've been getting lots of great feedback. Barun Green, of course, is just filled with so much wisdom and knowledge, and I've truly just loved this experience all around. We've been bonding, and I've just been growing so much on my own, applying all the things that he's been teaching, and really just seeing a big difference in how I live my day-to-day life. And honestly, I'm feeling quite grounded. I'm feeling quite grateful and I'm going to say, I know it might be a really big statement to make, but I'm going to say that I think it's from this. I think truly it's from these conversations and I've just been learning so much that I've actually been applying to my life and my life has been changing for the good. So I'm super grateful that we're doing this series and truly I hope you enjoy this next episode. This is the third part in the series and we will be talking about cosmic energy. I loved this episode. It's funny because each episode after I film and I go, this is the best one because <laughs> they're all so good. This episode was just so, so great. I learned so much. We touched on even more than what's in his book. We actually just talked about concepts and ideas that aren't even in the book. And so it's kind of great because then you get a little bit of a piece of what's in the book that makes you want to, of course, read it. And then you get also even more just listening to this episode. So, oh, on that note, if you are enjoying this series and you want to purchase Barun's book, I will leave the link to get it in the description box for this episode. I believe it's only available on Amazon right now. So I will leave that link below if you are interested. All right, let's jump right into it. So here is part three in our mini series called The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life with Barun Garain. It is on cosmic energy. I hope you like it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the new series that is the Namaste podcast meets Barun Garain in the seven essentials to transform your life. Ah, I'm so excited to be back. And um, of course, I have the fabulous Barun Garain in the house. How you doing, Barun? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's, uh, it's been really amazing. <laughs> last yeah. <few> days. <laughs> have you been enjoying the series so far? I'm really having a lot of fun. I love breaking down all, all the different chapters in your book. I think it's been awesome so far. Interesting. I'm actually reading the book, one book, actually, you know, going through them just to make sure that I don't forget something. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, you got to refresh is... that memory. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Actually, some of the references I'm actually more interested in. I'm going back to them and there are some YouTube videos there. It's fantastic, you know, so I can sort of uh, refurbish and, you know, uh, sort of recap some of the things that I had captured maybe five, 10 years ago. So now it's all updated. So it's fantastic, you know. Wow. Is that when you started writing this book? Like five, 10 years ago? Uh, five years ago. Yes. Uh, more than five years ago, actually. See, I said, this is wow. supposed to be my notes for my own, you know, for my own self. And it turned out to be a book eventually. So I've been collecting some of these information for a long period of time, Lisa. 
Whoa, that's awesome. That is so, so cool. I mean, and it also goes to show that people think, you know, you are supposed to have all these deadlines and sometimes things take five years to get to where you're at, you know? So um, I think that's, it's great that you shared that with us because I think there's probably going to be someone watching going, wow, that, that has taken him a while to get to here. Mind you, you did publish it two plus years ago, but still like it still took you a while to get to this final result and be where you are right now. Right. So, yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, it took me a long time for my own experimentation. You know, I've been trying them on my own and it took a long time, you know, to really understand, you know, right kind of water to drink, how to breathe, you know, those kind of stuff, you know, go out and also uh, meet with uh, like-minded individuals, people, you know, whom I can go and interact with. So it's a long journey, you know, (laughs) for sure, especially because the coolest thing, like you just said, is that you kind of use yourself as an experiment to experiment on these on all of these different ideas, which makes this, you know, little series that we started even more fun because you can also express your um, like just your thoughts on what happened when you experimented with these (laughs) ideas. So it's very cool. (laughs) All right. Well, before we jump right into it, I'll get you to do a little bit of a recap like you did last time, because that was awesome of the previous episode. And then we'll just jump right into this one. We're going to be talking about absorbing cosmic energy. (laughs) Yes, Melissa. So see, let let me just uh, go back to what is seven I seven eyes all about real connections that actually matter for a happier, healthier and vibrant living. So I'm talking about real connections here, you know. Uh, See, we have friends and families and we have money, deal with money and career and all kinds of stuff. They may or may not be with us forever, you know. But this seven essentials, I call them seven I, are going to be with us until our last breath. So that's the beauty about these seven essentials, that they are integral part of yourself, you know. So, so that's the fundamental of 7i. So we started with um, breathing life, which is all about deep breathing. And we practiced one or two techniques just to make sure that um, we have deep breathing as part of our daily living. You know? mm-hmm. um, and we also um, highlighted the importance of going back into the nature, spend as much time as possible in the nature or any green space close by. You know? So that's number one, breathing life. Number two is optimum hydration, which means that we are body just to make sure that we look after our, our, own, our, 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 our own self, you know, because we are two third water. So it's very, very important that we understand what is the best way to optimize our hydration. So this is where uh, number two essential is quite critical. And we talked about the best uh, kind of water to drink and what to do if you don't have the right kind of spring water, what kind of filtration do you do, how to structure the water, what's the importance of salt, for example, potassium, to make sure that we are hydrated. So we talked about that. So today we'll talk about the number three essential, which is absorbing cosmic energy. So so there, there we are. So we'll talk about cosmic energy today. Okay. Awesome. I'm so excited. And I also wanted to give you a little bit of feedback on, um, you know, when we did the last episode, we talked about me experimenting on myself and drinking the lemon and the salt in the morning for ultimate 
ultimate hydration. Sorry, I should say putting lemon and salt into my water and drinking a liter of it for ultimate hydration. And I was wondering if it's possible to have maybe too much salt and it making you feel nauseous because I had a little bit of that experience and I wasn't sure if it was maybe the lemon or if it was the salt. So did you ever have that experience when you did it? Yes. So uh, okay. interesting thing is if you see, there is a way of cleansing with uh, saturated salt. Essentially what salt will do is we'll try to detox the, the bad salt that you have in your system. For example, you may have mm. all kinds of salt, which are toxic, you know, uh, and what, um, the new salt will do, will try to replace them. And that could lead to some kind of detoxification, you know, and it has happened with me as well. Before I was never, I never had sea salt or Himalayan salt. You know, I used to have, you know, uh, the, the processed Eva? salt, the mm. refined salt. And those salt are part of my body. We're part of my body. So when I started to have, you know, good quality salt, it starts to replace them. So that's what uh, detoxification so that mm. replacement happens and uh, that process uh, might be a little bit, uh, you know, it might take a couple of days, sometimes weeks, depending on what you have in your system. So it can happen. So there could be some detoxing okay. effect. Drinking water by itself could actually lead to all kinds of stuff because things wants to flush out, you know, the body wants to flush out stuff. And once you start drinking lots of water and lemon, lemon is actually it actually, uh, what do you call it, neutralizes many calcium buildup and all kinds of stuff. So those things have to come out, right. you know? So uh, yes, you can have some kind of a detox symptom to start with, but okay. it should go away slowly. Okay, that's what I assumed. And actually I was telling my friend about what I was doing and she's like, oh, it sounds like you're detoxing. I went, you know what? I bet I am because I'm feeling super nauseous. So I bet that there's just stuff coming up. So, mm. ooh, very interesting. Okay, I just wanted to first ask you that. I'm going to continue to do it and log my progress. And, you know, maybe next week, maybe it'll be two weeks. So I'll let you know how I'm doing after that. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. All right, so getting to Absorbing Cosmic Energy, my favorite chapter in your book, honestly. And it might be because I'm a little bit biased because I love everything to do with spirituality. And, of course, I love Reiki and you you touch on these different ideas, whatnot in this chapter. And so why don't you first just kind of give us um, your run through on what the chapter is all about for someone just stumbling upon this series. Yes. Uh, absorbing cosmic energy is all about connecting with the natural energy that actually makes life possible in the first place. Hmm. The number one is sun's energy because sun is actually fundamental to all life. Without sun's energy, there's no life on this mm -hmm. planet, full stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's how powerful sun is. Right. So it's very important to make sure that we absorb that energy on a regular basis. So that's number one. Number two, just to make sure that um, the sound vibrations, for example, the sound vibrations that we have around us are pleasant mm -hmm. and natural as much as possible. You know, like in the house, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, in any house nowadays, you have the fridge running, you have this electronics running, you have this running, that running, all these unnatural sounds are actually not very good. So it's very important to connect with natural sounds. And in fact, um, you know, if you look into the Old Testament and Bible and stuff like that, they say that the whole origin of the earth is actually, or the, the humanity, the sound comes first, you know. 
So the sound has, yeah. Really? Sound, yeah, <laughs> you you had me stumped this. there. I've never heard that. That is so interesting. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, the sound is the is, is is from everything else. I mean, it's even though you know you, you can debate about that, but but the idea is that sound has a very important role in our day-to-day living. Mm. Uh, for example, if you live close to a place where you get all kinds of noises and unpleasant sounds, you know, uh, then it's actually you feel own feel good, you know. Uh, yeah, so sound totally. actually has a very important role to play. It actually, even though I haven't seen a lot of research on what actually happens chemically inside the body, but um, you know, it doesn't make you feel good for sure. The sound vibration is very important. That's why going to the nature is so important. You know, hear the noises of the birds, the plants, the trees, and you know, the the, the, the you know the wind, you know the waves. So they are beautiful. I think those sounds are very energizing in a way and it can revive you in a big way absolutely waves always like the ocean has always revived me and made me feel i don't know just it's therapeutic made me feel energized that's the perfect word to describe it i would say you're right yeah i mean sometimes i go to the ontario lake here and um, last last night actually i go morning and evening last night was very windy and the waves were mind-boggling and on those and the canadian geese everywhere you know Hmm. making their own noises and sounds and the big waves if you just close your eyes you know listen to those waves it's just uh, mind-boggling it's just beautiful and you come home really refreshed you know <laughs> totally <laughs> it is so sound energy is very important and the number three is more into earth's energy hmm. because we are part of this earth you know whatever we have our body is actually made from from the earth you know the food that we eat it's all interconnected, right? Mm. So, so to really get into Earth's energy, which is like seven to eight hertz, uh, whereas nowadays we are bombarded with all kinds of frequencies, you know, gigahertz, which is like billion times more than what Earth's frequency is, billion times. So I think to really connect with the Earth, the energy that comes from the Earth, which is mainly negative, you know, electrons, and it can help to really neutralize some of the uh, toxins that we build up as uh, at charges, positive charges in our system. So Earth's energy is really important. Make sure that um, you know we have enough exposure to the Earth's elements. You know. And then comes uh, you know I, I say sun gazing or looking at the suns. Get some sun's energy inside your body, and there are different techniques for that, which I talked about in my book. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that. Um, that at this day and age, we have to minimize the EMF or the radiation that is coming out from the electronics and from the wireless and the Wi-Fi and all kinds of stuff. So idea is to not avoid, you can't avoid it anyway, it's there. Idea is to minimize as, as much as possible. And then you mentioned about energy healing. It's so, so important, you know, Reiki and all kinds of energy healing techniques are there. It helps to balance yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about the tachyon energy. It's really a tool which could be utilized um, to neutralize some of the ill effects of the radiations that goes around. So I talked about the seven different aspects mm. where we could leverage them to make sure that we absorb the right kind of cosmic energy in our body. You know, So, so I stop there. Just briefly, that's what um, uh, this chapter is all about, you know. Yeah, it was such a good chapter. And man, like, 
I just kind of want to show everyone. I have so many like post-it <laughs> notes and highlighted sections. I'm going to read a couple of, uh, of them for you, uh, for everyone. Do you mind, Brune? Can I read a couple things? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, please. and then we can just kind of touch on them. Yes. So um, a quote that you have in your book, from James Oshman, sunspots and the cycles of the moon can cause changes in ionospheric currents and geophysical fields, which in turn influence the fields within us. And so a lot of people discuss, for example, um, the way that the moon is when, when the moon is a specific way and how the moon affects the tides and the currents in the ocean. And, and we should, you know, be aware of the fact that we're what, 75 plus percent water, maybe 80% water. Of course, we're going to be affected as well. If it can affect the, the tides and the water and the ocean, it can obviously affect us as well. And so just thinking of how, how, um, the moon and the sun, and there's just, there's so much evidence that it completely does affect us, but I think people don't necessarily look too far into it anymore, which is interesting. It could be because we're so distracted by social media and we're kind of, I don't know. Our interests have changed a little bit, but I think everything that Barone teaches is what we need to be reflecting on and how, how these things could be possibly affecting us. Um, there was something else that I read that I thought was so interesting. Uh, so many things. I mean, <laughs> um, Dr. Mercola in his book, um, Effortless Healing, cites scientific studies suggesting that indoor workers with three to nine times less solar UV exposure than outdoor workers have higher rates of melanoma. Um, and then he also suggests that poor nutrition, environmental toxins, stress, inadequate sleep, and the use of sunscreen that blocks UVB are important factors to consider. Um, some, some evidence suggests that the use of coconut oil, both as food and as lotion, is the main reason why people living in the Pacific Islands do not normally experience skin cancer despite high sun exposure. Very interesting. And then the last thing, it is important to realize that vitamin D plays a critical role in the development of children and youth, yet there is a lack of awareness of the need for regular sun exposure for our health and well-being. Yeah, the sun... Um, has kind of been demonized in the last 10, you know, maybe plus years because of skin cancer and just all these ideas. And so I think people have developed fears around sun exposure now, which like we know everything in moderation, right? Everything is balanced. And so yes, possibly there are there's, you know, probably a lot of correlations between people and the sun, but, and, and receiving some kind of skin cancer or whatnot, but I'm sure that there are other factors and variables involved in that. And it might just be, maybe they went too far on the spectrum and they need, you know, less. What would you say to that? Yes, I agree. I mean, everything in moderation is very important. Uh, yes. And uh, that's where the awareness come in. When, when to draw the line, you know, that's really important. Look, I lived in Australia for many years, you know, in Queensland, which is really, yeah, uh, no way. That's wonderful. <laughs> I was there for seven, eight years in Brisbane. Um, and in Queensland, it's supposed to be the sunshine state where you get sunshine 365 days a year, you know, beautiful sunshine and warm. And what I noticed there that uh, many of my friends, I mean, I was quite young those days. I was in my twenties, you know, I used to go, we actually there, the culture is to go to the beach almost Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast, you go there for barbecue every weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so we used to go to the beach quite often. And there, what I noticed that people who have been 
very exposed to sunshine whole day. Yes, they do put some protection, but people who are more exposed to sunshine, they never had uh, all these uh, melanoma and all these skin cancer issues. Mm. But as people who spend more time indoors, you know, all the time trying to protect themselves from the sun, they're the ones who got impacted. And that's what Dr. Mercola's uh, chapter talks about that, which kind of intrigued me because I saw that with my, and, you know, and just close by in those islands, close by to Australia, all these Pacific islands, you know, like uh, Tongo and Fiji and all those islands there, um, Samoa, those people have no skin cancer at all. And they spend almost the whole day outdoors, you know, wow. almost the whole day outdoors. So it makes me think that uh, obviously there are much more factors, it's not just the sunshine, you know. Right. And uh, I, even in Arizona, I was actually spent a lot of time in Arizona with Dr. Cousins, you know, a tree of life. I spent some time there. And I noticed that all of them actually had Caucasian, you know, Caucasian, a white skin, but they never had. And they, they'll be spending the whole day, whole day exposed to the sun, sunshine, you know, because they, was, they actually believed in having full sunshine on your front and your back, you know, complete you know, with no clothes on, you know, so. Really? So, yeah, I think, I think that's a very important, very, actually, uh, this should be taken very seriously. Whenever there is sunshine, mm. try to get full exposure of the sun if you can, if you, if you, if you can manage to have in a private space, mm -hmm. uh, front at the back. That has got tremendous impact, you know, all depression, stress, all these things very likely go away. And I've seen those people, they've got bright, beautiful eyes, you know, and they are in the sun whole day, and they don't put sunscreen and stuff like that. But they eat good food. They eat nutritious food. Uh, so it makes me think that uh, I think you're right that we have got a uh, little bit more uh, hype about um, avoiding sunlight and sunshine completely. This episode of the Namaste Podcast is sponsored by the Audible app. One of my absolute favorite apps where you can listen to pretty much any audiobook that you can think of. I'm such a huge reader. I love reading and then also being read too. It's fun and it's lovely and it is certainly a great way to pass the time when you're cleaning or driving a long distance or even working out. So if that piques your interest, I will have you know that Audible has so graciously donated a free audiobook to every single one of my Namaste listeners that sign up with them. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash Namaste and you will sign up and get your free audiobook. Yes. So once again, that's audibletrial.com slash namaste and let me know if you end up signing up and what book you download because I love talking about books. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. And have you have you done any research or learned anything about tanning beds? Because okay, I'm and I and I bring this up because I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of you feel good. You you're not as depressed. Like everyone knows in the summertime everyone feels better. It's not something that's uncommon. People love the summer because you feel good in the summer, right? And why is that? Well, it's because it's warm and you can go outside and, and you're, you know, you're you can be in the sun. So when my mom and I like when I was younger, um 
when I was like in high school slash university, every so often in the wintertime, we would go to a tanning bed and we would feel so good afterwards. We would feel so good and so much happier. And mind you, I started, I stopped going because I started getting like a sunspot on me. <laughs> and that made me feel like, oh no, my skin, I'm getting sunspots. No, <laughs> my beautiful porcelain skin. <laughs> and um, so I stopped going, but every so often when we would go, we would feel so good. So I'm just curious as to, have you learned anything about that? Do you, is there any research that, I mean, it make it would make sense, right? Because it's the UVB rays. Yes. UVB, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, you know, for us to be uh, really healthy, we need to have the full spectrum of sunlight, yeah. you know, yeah. all the way, you know, from violet all the way to red, infrared. So you need the full spectrum, really, uh, for, for the body to make vitamin D, for example, you know. Mm -hmm. And what really surprises me is that uh, we have so many countries in the world, including tropical countries, have got vitamin D deficiency. And this mm -hmm. is a big, big issue in most countries, mm -hmm. you know, which is a bit, a bit of a surprise. You know, I was in Saudi Arabia, actually, one of the... And there, uh, I was shocked to see a lot of women actually had very low vitamin D because they never go out. They never go out and they're wearing, you know, yes. all kinds of clothes to cover their Amazing. face. And uh, so uh, really surprised me that uh, we pay very little attention to one of the, you know, main uh, essential, actually, sunlight. Mm. Such an important aspect of our life, yet uh, we completely sidetracked it only to really have all kinds of sufferings, you know, uh, and mm. this is just not acceptable. And uh, I think uh, overexposure, I can understand. Yes, if, if you have overexposure, it can result in all kinds of stuff. It can definitely burn your skin and wrinkles and all kinds of things can happen hmm. if, it's, if you are overexposed. But if you have a balanced exposure, you know, um, in fact, you know, early in the morning, sunlight early in the morning is red, right? The sun is red in the morning. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're getting infrared light, which is actually very healthy. So if you... If you follow the cycle of the, of the sun, then you don't have to worry because once you get the infrared light in the morning, it prepares you to get the midday sun. So once you have the infrared really? light, yeah. And, and, then, and then you can actually go to the midday sun, no problems. And then in the evening, again, you get the infrared light and then whatever the body has seen, uh, uh, full spectrum, it tends to mitigate or negative. So what I've seen that people who have this habit or they have this uh, ritual of uh, welcoming the sun in the morning and then get the infrared light. Mm. And then during the day, they do what they need to do. And then in the evening, when the sun is setting, uh, they go there and get the sun exposure. Essentially, they're welcoming the sun and saying goodbye to the sun. And, in, in, and during the day, they're working very hard. Those people are extremely healthy, no issues, nothing at all, you know. So I feel that the full spectrum of sunlight is absolutely critical. That's super interesting. So two questions. First one, what time of day is the infrared sunlight? Is that like, are we talking like 6 a.m.? Uh, whenever the sunlight, uh, sunrise, for example, when in it Toronto, rises. sun rises at 7.40. Today, 7, 7.39, something like that. You know, okay. Okay. And how long does it last usually, do you know? Uh, for an hour at the most, for an hour, um, two hours are even better, but don't go beyond two hours. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I should not say don't go. It's just that one, one hour is enough. 
if you can have good exposure of sun in the morning and then you know uh, do have exposure during the middle day but not for a long period of time and then in the evening you can have more a little bit more exposure as well you know so so okay so when we're talking like during the winter months that we're yeah. in so yeah. do do you like go outside and meditate like what do you do for that hour for the exposure or do you, are you just going for a walk or yeah what is around the exposure and how like Ex- yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, in my case, I actually go out no matter. Uh, in, in Toronto, most of the time, you don't even see the sun, you know, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Sun is hiding there. And uh, <laughs> still, uh, yes, you, you may not get the full exposure, you know, because of um, the clouds. Yeah. But idea is just go for a walk in the nature. That's the best thing. And if possible, you can have exposure. And I mean, obviously, in winter, it's not possible sometimes. But at least exposure on your face, directly on your face and your forearms. Very, very important. You know, uh, really? where, yes. Um, and obviously, um, you know, full exposure is always good, but that's not possible uh, for most people. Mm-hmm. But at least forearms, face is okay for the time being because winter is, you know, it's not easy. Uh, but walking the nature, you know, or uh, okay, or sit down, in fact, um, what I do, I'd actually walk and you know, possibly sit down, maybe do some deep breathing, sit down and do some deep breathing while looking at the sun, not directly, indirectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so that way you can have direct exposure while you're doing your deep breathing. And if you do some yoga asanas, you can do some yogas too, or stretching or whatever you feel like, you know, just walking is good. Even biking, even biking is fine. I wish I had a bike. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Okay. I think I might try that. I mean, mind you, have you seen the weather today? We have a slight hurricane happening in Toronto today. It's crazy. <laughs> um, okay. That's very interesting. And my second question in regards to this is, is the infrared light, is that in association with the infrared saunas? Is that sort of the same thing? Yes. So essentially the concept comes from there. Uh, So essentially we need to have more exposure to infrared. Uh, That's actually quite a healthy spectrum, you know, whereas Mm. violet, ultraviolet, violet, you know, which is the other part, like starts from V, violet, indigo, blue, uh, green, red, yellow, uh, and, you know, and red. Uh, And red is obviously the most, um, you know, healthy spectrum, infrared, red. Whereas violet is more extreme, you know, so it's good to have the full spectrum, but infrared definitely has some healing properties as well. It can go deeper and um, doesn't really hurt um, like ultraviolet radiations do. And that's why infrared saunas have become so popular. It gives you, gives you a healthy spectrum, not spectrum, but definitely gives you the healthy exposure to the red light, infrared light, which is also healthy. It goes deep inside and also helps in detoxification, you know. Cool. Okay. This is very interesting. You didn't talk about this in your book. So we're getting extra (laughs) knowledge from you here. I love it. Okay, cool. I'm, uh, I think I'm going to try to challenge myself to do that. I mean, I've been wanting to push myself to go running again because I live near the water now and it's really nice in the mornings, but it's Mm. so cold and it's really hard to get me, you know, out of bed because I'm just frozen. So, (laughs) um, but I'm going to try to do that because I, I, I could see, why that would be necessary. And I mean, I believe with, I believe in the idea of waking up with the sun. I think that there's something to it. And the fact that 
I don't know. We just used to be farmers and, you know, we would wake up and we were up early with the sun and with the, you know, um, chickens and whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying right now, but we, we would wake up earlier and I think we would go to bed when it's dark out. And I, and, and I think it's quite possible that a lot of depression and us just feeling how we feel now has to do with our sort of regular, I don't know if it's biological, not, not biological clock, but like our internal, uh, yeah. Is it circadian rhythm? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, circadian rhythm. Yeah, yes, our circadian right. rhythm is kind of is off now, right? And yes. and so I think it, I could see why that would work, and yeah, and why we would feel so much better if we tried that. So I'm definitely going. Oh, you're gonna have to hold me to it, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to wake up early with the sun and see, and just kind of journal my progress. It is actually, you know, it's actually very good, uh, you know, to be able to sync with the sun's energy and the moon's energy is very nice. Yeah. You know, for example, uh, you know, a lot of people go in the morning, welcome the sun, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. It also helps you to wake up early and, you know, start doing your things and also helps you in your career, education, whatever. And then, you know, go out in the evenings, you know, after work and see the sunset, you know, if possible. And then same applies to moon as well, because a lot of people don't even know when it's full moon and half moon, you know, and new moon. And it's a very beautiful part, you know of our life to be able to sync with the sun and the moon, you know, and moon is, uh, I I feel that uh, men are more, you know, uh, know, I think men needs to sync with the sun more often and women needs to sync more with the moon. Uh, even though this is not always true, but this is what I found that a lot of, a lot of women I know uh, in my personal life, uh, in my family as well, you know, uh, they know exactly when it's full moon because of their cycles and whatever. So it's very interesting that you know, they can sync with the moon. In fact, uh, we are born because um, our mothers were in sync with the moon, you know? Hmm. Uh, so it's very interesting, very beautiful actually, you know? Uh, but other thing is um, also the planets too. Do you know that uh, on December 21st, there's going to be a very important event? Um, no, I didn't know this, but what yeah. is it? So. Uh, the two largest planets, Jupiter and Saturn, are going to be aligned, going to be in conjunction with each other. And this is going to be massive, massive. This is happening after 800 years, you know. And and that is definitely creating some kind of an energy. So 21st of December, it's a very important, it's a solar eclipse, especially in South America. And also we can see from here too. Uh, so 21st of December, if you have an opportunity looking at your southern west sky, you can actually see uh, if you have a binoculars or some kind of a tele- small telescope, yeah. look at them. You know, it will be a very beautiful event. And uh, on a solar eclipse, I do not, I, I do not recommend you going out in the sun. Uh, for, oh. Stay in your basement, basement as, as much as possible you can. But after sun, sunset, you go out and see the conjunction of Saturn and um, and Jupiter. That's a beautiful thing, you know. So just do it. You know? So cool. You know, I don't know much about solar eclipses, and why why is it we shouldn't be going out into the sun? Is it because the rays are more powerful? Like what yeah. what is it about that that people tend to warn you from staying out of the sun when it's happening? well? Uh, it's called sun flare, uh, yeah. and it can be pretty uh, pretty. You know, people have, everybody has different effects. Some people have, I've seen people have very nasty effects, you know. Hmm. Uh, They're having all kinds of health problems, you know, because they have been really brave, go out in the sun, 
eclipse and you know wandering around and looking at the sun you know and then after that uh, they don't feel good for a year or two and the health is not the same again interesting so just to be careful and i feel that why yeah every day 300 you know you just go every single day outside but on a on an eclipse i think try to be in your basement as much as possible you know <laughs> But what if I live in a condo and it's so sunny in here? There's just there's there's windows everywhere. Then what? <laughs> no basement. Okay, I mean, you know, I'm I'm don't go outside and expose yourself. In fact, um, yeah. it's okay in Toronto now because it's cooler temperatures, so right. It won't be much, but if you if you're going uh, if you're in southern hemisphere for example, you know, so mm. because it's summer there, right? and uh, for there if you just go around it's not going to be good for you i think at least for the eclipse have some respect because there are some things happening and it's good to avoid the sunlight uh, especially on december 21st if possible you know okay cool so interesting i want to bring us to uh, the part of your chapter when you talk about energy healing cuz obviously that is just kind of something that i'm i'm personally very obsessed with. So um, I highlighted another, another few things that I'd love to read. So every, every living being in the universe has a form and that form has associated energy vibrating at different frequencies. And then you said, according to biologist Rupert Sheldrake, our brain is within the confines of our cranium, but our mind is extended into space and stretches out into the world around us. This means we can connect to people, things, and places that are physically far away from us. And in fact, we can affect them if we know how to control the cosmic energy. I found that to be very, very interesting and just had me reflecting on, let's say, social media, for example, right? And how one thing can happen, like the, the death of that basketball player in January, Everyone around the world, whether they were into basketball or not, was feeling super down about that incident. We were all feeling it on a very like deep level. I have no Kobe Bryant was it? I think mm, was it Bryant? Yeah, Kobe Bryant. Um, do you remember when that happened in January? Yes, that was uh, this year. Yes. Yes. So yes, um, when Kobe Bryant and his daughter passed because um, they're helicopter I guess blew up or there was some failure anyways I'm not even a basketball fan I've never I didn't even I've seen his face before but didn't really you know know anything about him until that incident but I was so torn up about it I felt sick just like just feeling and thinking about it and it really had me just kind of thinking about the power of how we're all so connected and how I can feel something to do with an incident that's so far away in another country it has nothing to do with me. And I don't even know this person and how everyone around the world was feeling it. And so um, in this particular quote, when Roberts or Rupert says we can affect them if we know how to control the cosmic energy, do you think that maybe that's kind of what social media maybe does a little bit? See, uh I think Rupert is very interesting. I've been listening to him for a long time, actually. You know, mm-hmm. he has been—he's a biologist, actually. You know, he's a biologist, and he has been doing a lot of research uh, on various fields. Um, and what he's saying is very interesting. In fact, it echoes definitely with my thinking as well. That mm-hmm. 
our brains are physically located in our system. So brains are very limited. Whereas our mind is connected with everything. Our mind pervades. Mind actually connects with everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, uh, if you look at, there's a common consciousness across the globe. This consciousness pervades every mind. Essentially me and you and everybody else are connected through this mind, you know? So that's why when something touches the mind, not the brain, something brain is very limited, are limited to thoughts and emotions, which are very personal and local. Whereas mind, that consciousness is so, is pervasive, is everywhere. So anything that touches the mind, it touches everybody, every human being in the planet, not just human being, even animals and birds. Hmm. In fact, um, you may not believe this or not, but I know in India, People keep cows in, in the house, in villages, they have cows. They, they actually treat cow as their mother, you know, because they drink their milk, right? If you yes. drink the milk, their mother. Ah, yeah. interesting. So, so the cows are mother because every child drinks milk. It's beautiful. Now, whenever, whenever there's a death in the family, believe me or not, cows, you can see tears in them, you know. Uh, cows can feel, you know, that something is wrong in the family, you know, uh, something has happened. So you can feel the emotions that come from the cow. Cows are very emotional creatures, you know, the very lot of full of emotions. And they're so attached to every person in the family that uh, that's a small example that uh, the consciousness pervades every mind, including animals and birds, you know. Mm. So what you're saying is absolutely right. And that's what Rupert has been saying that there's a collective consciousness, you know? Mm. For example, if, the, if humanity learns something or any species learns about something, about a skill or a knowledge or something that actually, uh, you know, if it's in the mind, if it touches the mind, it actually goes to everybody, every mind. So you can tap into that. Mm. For example, you could, it could be 5,000 kilometers away, but uh, if, you, if you bring in something new into the consciousness, and that has gone into the mind. So that will, you know, that consciousness or that knowledge or know-how uh, will be emanating from every mind. So you can, you can capture that know-how. So that's what Rupert Sheldrake has been doing this. He studied with animals and he found that to be true. That, uh, for example, in one generation, whatever uh, the animals learn, you know, and automatically it passes on to the next generation. Same thing happens to humans too, you know, a lot of things we don't learn, you know. Uh, for example, I've seen actually my daughter when she was born, the first thing she did, did you know what? She was, she went to, you know, uh, start drinking milk mm -hmm. immediately, like within five minutes of born, you know. So what I'm saying is that how do they know? How does she know that what to drink, what to eat, you know? Sure. And that was like shocking within five minutes, you know, <laughs> once she was born, the only thing, you know, so that's the thing about humanity that uh, there is a mind around us and this mind has got so much of consciousness and that probably, I think it, it brings in all the consciousness, you know, that uh, we can ever imagine. Hmm. So it pervades every mind, I guess, you know? So I think that's what you're talking about and that's what Rupert is talking about, you know? 
Yeah, it's very interesting. And it also just kind of makes you think about how many different people have the same idea and, you know, one person just acts on it, but you can have the same idea as someone else. I think where you get that from is probably the collective consciousness. We all are just pulling from it. And then one person actually decides to act on it, you know? So interesting. I love talking about this stuff and it just, I don't know, I guess my... (laughs) (laughs) there's something inside of me that just wants to understand all the secrets of the world. That's just how I am. And so when I read this and he says, we can uh, like, this means we can connect to people, things and places that are physically far away from us. And in fact, we can affect them if we know how to control the cosmic energy, just find that to be so interesting. And I just, I think I'm going to chew on that for quite some time because yeah, I don't know. It just it makes you feel like, wow, you we are all very powerful. Like we could affect someone across the world, which is what's so great about what we're doing right now. We are creating something and we can be affecting someone from Turkey, from Germany. I have yeah. a fan that that's in Germany that watches my content, you know, so it's yeah, it's so cool. Um, another part of the book that I found very interesting or this this section, um, Anne Jurich. I'm not sure yes. if I pronounced that yes. right. Um, she teaches how to design a sacred healing sanctuary. I think that's really interesting. Using a combination of sound, smell, color, and crystals to boost your energy, your memory, your sex drive, your immunity against illness, and your your fitness stamina, and as well as reduce stress. Did you end up doing something like that? Have you created sort of a sacred healing sanctuary for yourself? Yes. Yeah, so I think I was quite impressed with Anne's book, and I've I read them, uh, read the book long time ago, many, many years ago. And she's absolutely right that, um, you know, sometimes I feel that the, the collective consciousness that we have in the mind, what stops us from actually uh, not actually getting the full benefit of the mind is our brain. Hmm. Because our brain is so limited through our thoughts and emotions that it goes into the cycle and cycle. It doesn't let us get out into the actual intelligence, you know? Right. It is very interesting. And I have studied that for a long period of time and I'm still studying. I find that if we can stop the chattering of the mind, so to say, in a very loose terms, chattering of the mind, it helps you to connect with the consciousness, the deep consciousness and the Mm -hmm. mind. So your mind is much more um, tapping into things that actually matters, you know? Right. Um, so that's why I feel that the seven essentials have a very important role to play. It helps us to make the brain stop its limited actions, you know, even though the brain is very important, no doubt, very important for sure. our safety, for learning skills. Brain has a very important role to play, but uh, we use brain for everything, which is wrong. I think mm-hmm. there's a mind there, which is much, much more you know, powerful and intelligent than the limited brain is. But somehow we are sucked into thinking that brain is everything, which is not. Uh, And this is interesting, you know. (laughs) So interesting. I love that you just said that because I am such a big big believer in the body also has its own brain in a different way. The body can sense things. The body expresses how we're feeling without us even knowing it sometimes. And then then our brain catches up with it and goes, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) And yeah, that's 
that's something that I think about a lot, to be honest. I think we put a lot of emphasis emphasis on the power of the brain, whereas there's there's so much that we don't know that we don't know. <laughs> there's a consciousness, whether it's, you know, you could call it your third eye or or what we were just talking about, the overall consciousness that we can tap into that the brain doesn't necessarily un- understand. It can't make logic of it, really. Um, and I think maybe... I, I'm not sure your experience, but for me, I think the reason why I can grasp that I can, I, and I can understand that the brain isn't the be all end all is because I've had contact with spirit because I've, I've had, you know, psychic predictions and, and I've told people about ancestors and whatnot um, and messages that I think that's, that is just so out of this world literally (laughs) and bizarre and just so strange that if you don't have that experience, I could see how that might be harder for you to understand or grasp this concept. And I think it's because I've just had such crazy experiences in that way that are totally unexplainable. The brain can't even fathom where the heck this information is coming from. That's why I'm able to be a little bit more open to, to this concept for sure. Yes. I think mystery and mystical experiences, you know, I think uh, it does happen. Yes. You know, there's a mystery in this world. Uh, I think science has only scratched the surface. As a scientist, I'll tell you this. We have only scratched the surface. And mystical things do happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you are telling me exactly the same. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, honestly, I think that there's so much to touch on in this chapter. Uh, there's been so much that we've talked about. I think that... For everyone listening, if you've enjoyed this stream, I think you need to go and read Barun's book and really take in the full chapter because it's just, it's unreal. And mind you, we did touch on pretty much everything, but um, yeah, I think at this point we should, we should wrap it up because it's been so great. And I want to finish on this awesome note. Uh, so if you did like any of the ideas and concepts in this video, then for sure, Bruins book is the seven essentials to transform your life. And we will continue to do chapter by chapter little video sessions for the next few weeks. I mean, I'm sure we'll stop during the holidays. I'm a, we haven't really talked about that, Bruin, but I don't know what, what your thoughts were on that. I'm assuming that um, I'm sure you're going to be with your family and whatnot. So uh, we'll probably do another one next week and then we'll maybe stop for the holidays and continue on New Year. But um, man, another really fun session. I really enjoyed this. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to wrap up in regards to the cosmic energy ideas and uh, and this chapter as a whole? Yes. The, the only thing I can say about cosmic energy is try to get as much sun exposure as possible within the limits and uh, within your, uh, uh, yeah, within your limits. That's very important. And mm-hmm. the uh, next thing is to make sure that um, the earth's energy, try to get as much grounding as possible, try to be close to the ground. Mm-hmm. It's two things by itself, you know, but themselves are quite, uh, quite, quite, quite important, you know, uh, for mm-hmm. us to, and, and I always say, you know, just be conscious and be aware of uh, what's going around you, you know, uh, and um, you'll be automatically drawn to all these because these things do matter, you know, sunlight do matter, earth's energy do matter, breathing do matter, you know, so just be aware and uh, that's the way to go, I guess. Yeah. And just to add to that, I would say if there's anyone that is fearful of sun due to, you know, 
just things that you've read about skin cancer, whatnot. Um, what I would say to that, and I'm sure you'd probably agree, Brune, is to listen to, you know, your inner guidance. And if, if, you know, you've been in the sun for a couple hours one day, then maybe, you know, if your if your inner self or higher mind or whatnot is telling you to, that you should go inside now, listen to that. So it's really about finding the balance of what feels right for you and listening to your gut instincts. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I think just to be aware. And I think you have to draw your own lines, you know, uh, you yeah. cannot go to extremes, just don't yes. go to extremes. Uh, you know, you don't have to spend five hours in the sunlight, you know, in the middle of, I think even half an hour, 20 minutes, you know, uh, sometimes good enough, you know, so draw your own lines, you know, so. I love it. Wonderful. Okay. So the next chapter, chapter four, I am literally just flipping through the book. Barun, do you know offhand, which, what this chapter is called? Yes, it's mindful eating, Aha. mindful eating. And <laughs> we'll talk about, you know, there's so much talk about eating, but still, you know, uh, everybody's confused. Yes. So I have put together three simple principles, which we'll talk about in there. And that should help us, help us guide, you know, towards the best way for mindful eating. Yeah. And, and I would say also to just help us kind of go through all of the misinformed data as well. It's this, this chapter is more about, yeah, being mindful. And, and I, what I really like about your book is that you do provide um, just not just evidence, but you you provide studies and you say this studies show, but you don't say I conclude that it's this way and this is the only way you kind of present the evidence and, and you allow the reader to make their own conclusions. And I think that's, what's really important. And um, yeah, so there's just a lot of missed mixed messages out in the world in regards to food. So I'm excited for us to talk about this next chapter next week, because it'll, it, it'll kind of help anyone that feels a little bit fearful or nervous about all the different studies out there. It'll kind of help you, come to a place of feeling calm about the choices that you make. And yeah, just knowing how to be mindful, I think will truly help you in feeling good about everything that you choose to eat in the future. So absolutely. That sounds yeah. good. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder that the video part of this series will be out every Friday at 3 p.m. in case you like video content better than audio content. Fair enough. I switch back and forth. So Friday at 3 p.m., uh, every episode will be released up until, of course, the seventh episode when we will be done. Sad. Well, technically the eighth. Seventh is the last one. <laughs> but yes, and the audio versions, of course, will be out every Tuesday, regular scheduled Namaste time. So look forward to a new episode next Tuesday. If you enjoy the Namaste podcast or you like any of the Namaste content, including the Spreading Love calendar, the YouTube videos and whatnot, then you may want to join my Discord community. That's right. I have a Discord. It's so, so fun. I will leave the link to it in the description box below. And if you don't know where Discord is, it's a giant chat room platform where you can talk about your goals and you can talk about your achievements and really just uplift each other and just kind of be a giant support system for awesome goal-oriented humans. I have about 17 members at the moment and it's so, so fun. And I just love each and every one of them. We've kind of become internet BFFs. So if you want to join, once again, I'll leave it in the description box below and come be my friend and let's talk about goals together. 
All right. Love you guys so, so much. And sending you all so much love, light, and motivation to go and slay at your goals. Namaste. Mm-hmm.